One left with this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Matt Benson. Matt, are you ready to do this? Ready. All right, let's go. Matt is a certified financial planner. He is the owner of Sunmore Financial. They're a financial firm providing uniquely personal, process-driven guidance, putting clients first. He's been featured in leading media news outlets such as Bloomberg, Forbes, MarketWatch, CNBC, USA Today. He is a committed family man and community member. Matt, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Awesome. Thanks, George. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in Nebraska. I, my uh, parents were really fiscally responsible, and Dad was an engineer. And I had two uncles that that worked in the financial services industry, so really kind of piqued my interest in and in, uh, becoming a financial advisor. I, when we were kids, we'd go on family road trips, and my dad would pop in a little cassette tape. We'd listen to Zig Ziglar uh, for family road trips. And that kind of, again, the significance of that is, is it piqued my interest in self-development and entrepreneurship. Um, so anyway, dad being an engineer, two, two, two uncles in the financial services industry, being exposed to entrepreneurship, you mix all those things together and out pops a financial planner. So that, that's kind of how I got to, to, to be where I am. And uh, when I was, when I was in probably junior high, I had a paper route and started investing money for my paper route when I was a teenager. And that's really kind of how I got into uh, to, to the finance space and kind of what really piqued my interest. I love it. What kind of an engineer was your dad? He's a mechanical engineer. Yeah, mechanical engineer. He worked for a company that uh, in, in Nebraska, they made uh, they made lawnmowers. A company called Xmark that was a division to- of Toro. Nice. Yeah. What's he doing? Listening to Zig Ziglar, just just trying to sharpen the saw. <laughs> yeah, just just trying to sharpen the saw. I think was the deal. Yeah, but it was it was uh, it was good, you know. And then I read his books, and you know, he's since passed away and such. But I read several of Zig's books uh, after I after I knew who Zig Ziglar was, but when I was a kid, it was always like, ah, oh, this is boring. Come on, let's, let's do something different, you know? But turns out, uh, I mean, fascinating, just getting that wiring from, from, from an early age. I'm, I'm confident that, that you feel pretty, uh, feel like you benefited from that quite a bit. Oh, oh, totally. And you know, I, th- I think, uh, certainly the connection between financial planning and, and engineering, uh, them both, them both being uh, a lot of math. Uh, that connection is easy, is easy to make. But um, you know, and they're not dramatically dissimilar in a lot of ways. I mean, as an engineer, you're presented with a problem, and you're using math to provide a solution. And financial planning is very much the same. The only challenge is you insert people into you insert people into the equation, George, and that just makes the the that much harder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We are uh, we are a lot messier than than uh, the numbers and figures on a sheet of paper. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But that's uh, yeah, I, I yeah, really really like what I get to do for uh, for my clients. You know, they they come in and you know a lot of our clients they're they're trying to uh, navigate a new road. For, for a lot of them, it's it's you know as they're approaching retirement or. Uh, or or just have entered retirement and they're going down a path they haven't been been down before and uh, you know we're we're taking them down that path and helping them to dodge tax bombs and dodge you know investment bombs and things like that along the way and uh, how to 
how to, you know, get health insurance before 65, before Medicare and fun stuff like that. So I know that doesn't maybe sound like fun if I maybe in my tone, that sounds intriguing, of course, but, uh, you know, surface level, uh, a lot of that stuff on its own to be totally candid, quite boring. Uh, but being able to put a solution to somebody's, uh, challenges is really fulfilling. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think you could certainly make jokes and say that it's boring and they, they really are bombs where if one of these goes off and we're close enough to it, it's going to have a profoundly negative effect, taxes, investment decisions, health decisions, and making uh, the different elections when it comes to Social Security and Medicare. Uh, I think that it's it's pretty serious stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of these things and, and the challenge, you know, sometimes I'll oversimplify it. Um, the, the accumulation phase, I'll kind of oversimplify um, in that by and large, if you're when you're accumulating assets, now it is a little bit more complex than what I'm just about to say here. But by and large, though, you could say, hey, let's just pick a good growth mix, make contributions to it over a long period of time. Uh, don't look at it when it goes down <laughs> and just keep keep putting money into it. But once you start entering the distribution phase retirement, um, there's a lot more moving parts than just hey, pick a good growth mix and keep putting money into it every pay period. Um, like you said, you know, the, the, for a lot of, for a lot of retirees, the single biggest expense, though they don't think about it in this way, the single biggest expense that they'll have in retirement is taxes. Right. And if you can, if you can manage uh, your lifetime tax situation uh, through proactive planning, you can shave off, you know, five, six figures off your lifetime tax by just, planning and, and looking looking ahead so it's uh it's it is it is fun work uh it's not 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 a good way to make friends at a cocktail party necessarily having discussions like these but it is uh it, it is it's fulfilling and enjoyable work for sure yeah no no doubt i think that that's it's it's such an interesting thing that the accumulation stage Obviously, you're tailoring your solutions to the client, and that is pretty straightforward. You target a date in the future, you start putting money into it, but when you actually start withdrawing or decumulating or, or distributing the money, then it becomes very, very, very specific to what client's going to be doing and where they're going to be and who they're going to be doing it with and so many different considerations. Oh yeah, and I mean it, it, totally, totally, totally. And there's there's so many different variables, like we said, of, of the tax piece, the you know the 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 insurance piece, uh, the investment piece, um, and then you throw in the wrinkle. A lot of those things can be, in some ways, quite easy to quantify. The things that I just rattled off, um, but then you throw in the wrinkle of. Uh, the individual people, right? And I kind of kidded, you know, I kind of joked about it uh, earlier, but that's, uh, but it's totally true. Uh, you know, my knowledge is different than your knowledge and is different than someone else. And my emotions are different than your emotions and someone else's, right? So, uh, you know, building out a solution for somebody, um, you know, like when, when the markets go down 20%, when you're in the accumulation phase, you know, a lot of times you, you can bite your tongue and say, you know, I don't love that my balance is 
20% lower than it was 12 months ago. But you know what? I've got 10 years until I'm going to retire. This will all be fine. Well, newsflash, the markets don't get the memo that, you know, John Doe entered retirement and that they can't pull back anymore, right? Uh, the markets don't get that memo. In fact, they 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 kind of get the opposite memo in some ways, right? For a lot of people, like the, it's very normal for the markets to pull back and uh, the chance that they pull back at some point in your first three to five years of retirement or you know, if you happen to retire last year in 2022, uh, your first year of retirement uh, is very likely the markets will pull back. So, how do you how do you combat that? How do you how do you build a plan that can uh, stand the test of time? Because um, we're not we're for sure not going to accurately predict the future. Um, how do we build a plan that that uh, can handle all of these all of these variables that we can't that we can't predict accurately? Definitely needs to be dynamic and something that I'd, I'd like to think that we could just set it once and then forget it and we'd be in good shape. But that's definitely not probably not the case when it comes to uh, what we're talking about. No, that's exactly right. There's there is um, far more things that uh, that are outside of our control than inside our control. Um, that is that is for sure. And and it, I'd say it makes it it can make it more challenging sometimes because you oftentimes the things that are trumpeted the loudest are the things that are the most outside of your control. Um, you know, if you turn on uh, a lot of financial media outlets will, will promote, you know, Hey, you know, it's time to sell or it's time to buy or whatever. And th there's, there's no, there's no possible way that you're going to accurately going to be able to predict uh, when the markets are going to be up or going to be down, but that's the thing that's trumpeted the most to people. Um, so it's, uh, it, it can be, it can be quite challenging because I think the perception is that that is a controllable, but it, but it most certainly is not. Yeah. It's, uh, there's some pretty funny memes out there that, uh, go in pretty hard on folks like Jim Cramer, um, how his timing has been really, 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 really bad when it comes to that stuff. So I think you're, I think you're spot on when, when you're working with engineers, and more traditionally analytical folks talk about oversimplifying things. I mean, we, we each have a, a way that we like to process information. And mm -hmm. if I get too much information, I can't make a decision, but if I don't get enough information, then I can't make a decision. How do you think about that? How do we think about that? Yeah. Well, our, our delivery to clients, uh, oftentimes we start with, we start with simplicity and back by complex, if you will. Um, so usually our deliverable to a client is, is, is pretty, is relatively brief. And then for a client that wants to see more, we can give more, but I think, uh, a lot of times, you know, when someone's coming to us, uh, they're seeking, they're not, they're not looking to hand the baton off entirely. They want, they want a partner to walk with down this path. And to be clear, we don't want someone that's going to hand the baton off. We don't want to be running this race without them. They need to know what's going on and we need to know what's going on in their plan as well. Um, so we're trying to give, give that, uh, that client as much information as they need, as you said, to, to be able to process the information, uh, appropriately. And, you know, depending on the topic, uh, you know, sometimes our, our clients, 
look at it and say, okay, I understand what's going on here. Um, but I don't really want to know every single nitty gritty detail, Matt. Like, we trust you. We we understand what's going on. Boom, you you go. Perfect. And then other clients, yeah, we do work with a ton of, we work with a ton of engineers. We work with a lot of like, Clients have that have their CPA, whether they're a practicing accountant or like uh, you know work in the financial sector or whatever else. A lot of people that that are analytical about things and they like to see the the you know three page spreadsheet of how we arrived at, at that conclusion. So um, anyway, I'll start start with simple and then back it by more complex. I think that that makes a lot of sense. We have so many different resources that can help us with the that produce wonderful reports and spreadsheets. But I mean, I imagine that people like just having the ability to have a conversation with you and to talk through things is like a sounding board and because there's a lot going on. A hundred percent. And a lot of times, and I've, I mean, I've just found this over my 10 plus years in the financial services industry is that in the beginning, I would, I would sometimes use these flashy reports as a crutch, you know, to, because I didn't know what I was talking about. I would just, Oh, here's this report that shows something, you know? And, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can come up with a quote offhand here real quick, but, uh, I think it was it, maybe as Mark Twain, if I would have had more time, I would have been able to explain it with less words or I would have made it shorter. Right. Um, totally true. Right. Yeah. I think that that's a good one for sure. Um, and now I'm wishing that I knew the exact quote as well. So <laughs> simplifi simplification, oversimplification, undersimplification, um, back to the idea that tax are the biggest expense that that we're going to have in, in retirement and how a simple, some simple changes up front can make this massive uh, difference. You know, I, I have a healthy sense of urgency about everything. And uh, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that other people do. Um, how do you think about that? Or, or or how do you do you try to inspire people to be more urgent? Do people come to you with a pretty good sense of urgency? Yeah, well, uh, it, you, you may not have to be urgent right now, right? It just depends on, you know, what stage you're at. Um, a lot of times we'll... We'll, we're, we're trying to, if you can imagine your lifetime tax on a graph, right? So imagine, you know, you've got the, uh, over time, you're, 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 what in your working years, typically you're going to be earning more as time goes on. Then eventually you retire, your income's going to drop, uh, likely, maybe not. Uh, and then once you turn on social security, your income's going to go up. Once you have to take required minimum distributions, your income will go up, go up even more. Um, we're not trying what we're trying to do there is we're trying to pay we're, we're trying to pay taxes when we're in the valley years we're in when we're in the low years and then we're in, when we're in the high income tax years we're trying to defer we're trying to defer right so if you're say you know 57 and you're on the back end of your career as an engineer and you're making close to two hundred thousand dollars and you're in the 24 percent tax bracket and you're going to retire next year and you know that you're going to drop from 24 to 22 or even 12%, why would you want to do Roth contributions right now? Do pre-tax. Give me the tax benefit today. I'll, I'll convert it next year when, I, when I'm in a lower bracket, right? 
you could quite quite easily make the argument, even though now too, just because we're at thirty year lows for income tax rates, to say pay the tax today. You know, who knows what taxes will be like in five years and ten years down the road too. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's you know just informing people. Uh, uh, we're you know we're not trying to twist anyone's arm into saying hey you need to have an urgency about this. Um, though oftentimes we're 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 a couple of years out from where they really need to be urgent on things. So, uh, you know, we're trying to plant that seed several years ahead. And, uh, then when that, when that, when that time comes where it's like, Hey, we need to do Roth conversions or we need to do tax gain harvesting as opposed to tax loss harvesting and some of those fun things, um, that we've already been kind of, we've already been talking about that before we get to the point where it's like, all right, now's the time go, you know, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And that's, I mean, the more proactive that we can be about things, obviously, the better off and the more time we have, then it's not an urgent thing. And we're not running around like our hair is on fire and needing to hit deadlines and stuff like that. You can make an informed decision and hopefully do your best to make more logical decisions versus emotional. That's uh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. The whole emotional thing that does not normally lead us to make good financial decisions. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, Matt, yeah. thank, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Yeah, well, you can go to our website. It's uh, Sunmore Financial. That's S-O-N-M-O-R-E financial.com. And uh, we, post a, we post a monthly blog and a monthly newsletter there. So you can, uh, you can go on there and subscribe to our newsletter and blog and, um, you know, we write it, so we think it's pretty good, but we'll let you be the judge of it. I appreciate that. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Matt your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to sunmorefinancial.com. That's S-O-N-M-O-R-E financial.com and check out all the great resources, subscribe to the blog, get the newsletter and... If you are like me and you appreciate what Matt's been talking about, um, get in touch and find out if it's a good fit. Thanks again, Matt. George, thank you. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.